Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben Easter. I'm here with my co-host, my lovely wife, Paige Easter. Paige, uh, today we are talking about forgiveness. How appropriate for a husband and wife duo. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so we're, we're talking about apologizing and, uh, and the concept of forgiveness. Um, I think there's a, there's a few things to unpack in this. One of them is going to be um, the, the tendency to over-apologize that people experience. A lot of people... Um, are just very frequently apologizing for everything. Um, and then the other side of this is people who are wanting apologies from other people. Um, and what, what's, what's going on behind the scenes there and what the, the essence of a, of an apology really is and, and all that. So anything else that you think uh, is relevant for us to talk about in this topic? Yeah. I find myself feeling curious about kind of the distinction of, when apology is being effective and when it's not being effective, when it actually going about apology might actually not get us the result that we're wanting. And so I would be really interested to explore the intentionality behind when we're apologizing and whether or not we're actually being in alignment when we're apologizing in one way versus another. Yeah. Awesome. Totally. Um, so where would you like to start? I think a good place to be to start would be, taking a look under the hood of like, what is even the intention behind apology? Yeah. Both in the sense of as the giver of apology or somebody who's desirous of receiving an apology. Like what is it even, mm -hmm. what is apology even for? Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think m most people, the way that we think of apology is that it is some sort of repair that happens between people. Um, that's, you know, some, some, mistake or misstep happens. And then what an apology does is it, repairs that mistake or misstep, um, repairs the relationship from the impact of that mistake or misstep. Is that your understanding of an apology as well? Is that, is that land with like common vernacular, that sort of thing? Yeah. I think that that's in general, how many people in conversation conceptualize it. Uh, I have a kind of tendency within myself to see apology that it's meant to repair the relationship but sometimes when we're engaging with apology, what, apology, what we're actually trying to do is relieve our own sense of some sort of negative emotion about how we guilt or shame, guilt or shame about how we showed up and wanting to no longer have that experience. And so kind of reaching out for apology to request that that person kind of forgive us, forgive that behavior so that I can then feel better about myself for having mm -hmm. had a transgression. Yeah, exactly. Which, um, you know, in some ways it's, it's like almost like we're seeking permission to be the way that we are in the world, which is really interesting, uh, kind of impact of it. 
Um, I, I will say that there are, there are times when people overuse apologies, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was at a party the other day and one of our friends sort of, she wanted to get something from a table and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she's like, as she's like going past me, I was like, you are a three-dimensional human being. There is no reason for you to apologize <laughs> for you to have a desire to grab something from a table and happen to be in my three foot radius. You know what I mean? So, um, so I think there's a sense in which a lot of us apologize. And by the way, I used to be a huge, huge, uh, apologizer all the time. I would apologize for everything. Just like there's almost like this state. And I think that some of it came from, I had a real sense of insecurity around just who I was in the world and how I was, how I was showing up such that, I felt like I was an imposition mm. on other people just in being in the world the way that I am. Just being a human, it was inconvenient to other people mm-hmm. for me to be a human being around. Yeah. And I think that this is a really a pretty common experience that people go through. Yeah. I'm being reminded right now about our previous episodes and also something we talk a lot about just in our philosophy and with our clients, just around the language that we use and noticing that what is the underlying belief that I'm believing about myself when I'm apologizing for something like just being and then rooting out like apology being one of those language things to be on the lookout for it. Like, am I apologizing for something that is inherent to my being? And what is it about? Like, what do I believe about myself that allows space for that kind of apology? To believe that yeah, taking like to up even space, have the desire to apologize for taking up physical space. Yeah, taking up example. taking up space is being a transgression. Yeah, yeah, and that's and and there's there's this language. So sorry is one way. Excuse mm-hmm. me is another mm-hmm. way that this shows up, and that I think those two kind of blend together in this in this pattern because you're saying like basically like excuse me for existing or for like bumping up against you or like mm-hmm. you know touching you or whatever and. And so, um, and so I think that some of this, some of that pattern of apologizing is about a self-esteem game Mm -hmm. where we're trying to figure out the freedom for you to be the human being that you are in the world with exactly the way that you are right now. And for it to be okay to find an okayness with the, that you exist in the world and that you take up space and that you will bump up against other people in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, now, for, for that side of apologies, I think the mindset work is really useful, cultivating your sense of yourself, your self, sense of self-center, that you are the center of your reality, that you are the ultimate authority of what is like right or wrong in your world for you is really important, that you are the, the, you are the source, that you're that, like, that star <laughs> source in your reality. <laughs> um, and so, so that work is... Look, we're, we're talking affirmations, affirmations at its kind of the easiest way to do that work. And in the more complicated ways, we're talking about like, all right, what does it mean for you to show up as the kind of person who consistently builds your self-esteem, mm. right? What, what, what can you do to consistently build your self-esteem so that you feel, you feel worthy of taking up space in the world? So that you feel worthy of talking to people and bumping into them in the world, right? And there are beliefs that you can hold, uh, thoughts that you can think that are really useful in that. For instance, I'm a really interesting person and people like what I have to say is a thought Mm -hmm. that you can think. And when you're thinking that thought, chances are you're less likely to be insecure about talking to a stranger or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt guys, but 
Um, that was a big one for me. I used to always apologize when I was talking to people. Sorry, I it's just like, sorry for, you know, taking up time out of your day, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. we, you know, we have some finite supply. Um, but I think that's, that's a big piece of like this, this pattern. What do you think? Mm. I was just thinking about this, sorry for interrupting <clears throat> and thinking about, it seems like that has an intention behind it of protecting other people from, maybe I'm, I, th- I think of myself as arrogant that I can come in and just assume that what I have to say is more important than whatever you were talking about. So I'm allowed to just come in and interrupt without apologizing. And I get curious because sometimes it is like that. Like sometimes people come in and they interrupt and it's like, well, I actually don't want that. (laughs) That wasn't valuable to me. And I would like to go back to what was happening before. So what do you think about that? Because that's an uncomfortable thing to like have happen Mm -hmm. to you. So of course we don't want to well, it is for me anyway. I won't impose that on anyone else. But if it's uncomfortable for me, then I feel reluctant to want to impose that on other people. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something I hear a lot too. And and the, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is how comfortable are you as the person who has somebody come over and start a conversation in taking leadership in that conversation? So either redirecting the conversation if you find it uninteresting or not useful to you in some way or saying, Hey, I really appreciate that you could come over and talk to us like this, but we're in a private conversation and we're not really interested in having mm. a third right now. Yeah. Without that being an insult to the the person, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of this is like taking things personally. Like, yeah. And so if, if that is for you, if that would be an uncomfortable thing for you to do to say like, Hey, thanks, but no, thanks. Mm-hmm we're not really interested in having a third or a fifth or we're just like, we're doing our own thing over here. And for that to not be like a personal attack on somebody or Mm -hmm. for it to be some, you know, diminishment of their character. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm feeling as I'm like exploring this out in my head and looking at it at different perspectives, what I'm noticing is that when I'm holding judgment about what it means about this person who's brazenly, dashed into my conversation and interrupted as though they're valuable, whatever, they just think that everything that they have to say is valuable, that I will then become the kind of person who's very reluctant to show up because I've deemed that it is not a positive thing to believe that you have valuable things to say. And I know that because I'm judging this person for having shown up so brazenly and see how I even choose language that fits, that Mm -hmm. there's judgment in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you can hear that when you're telling that story, there's something that's charged about that as though it's, it's meaning something for them to come and approach another human being. Mm-hmm. And cause you're assigning the meaning of that. It's like they're brazen and they're thinking that what they have to say is so worthwhile or whatever. And that is one lens that you could look at it through. Another lens is that they're a person who is, lonely in the world and they're looking for more human connection. Mm-hmm. And so they are going up and going about that the best way that they have been able to access for themselves. Mm. Yeah, totally. Right. And as soon as I tell that story now, all of a sudden, like I'm not as like resistant to that person mm-hmm. showing up. Right. Yeah. I don't have such, such a harsh story about them anymore. Yeah, totally. Does I, that land with you? Totally. And another like step on top of that, I think I think of, um, the emotion of envy comes up for me. And I think that this is one that like really gets in my way where I'm like, 
man, it must be nice to just be a brazen person who can walk up to anybody and start any conversation and just interrupt people. And I have judgment about it, but the judgment really comes from a place of envy. You know, when I think of myself as somebody who doesn't get to have access to that. And so as I'm like playing out through this, I'm seeing like all these different layers of self-belief that, you know, even as I'm aware of them, like I know what's going on, not always, but right now I'm very conscientious of what's going on under the hood. And I'm still like feeling really attached to these kind of judgments of this hypothetical interrupter human. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And so, and so you can see, and by the way, this is like maybe a topic for a different podcast, but you, you can hear that because we're having this story of judgment about them, it's actually, it's in this case, it's revealing something about ourselves that actually on some level, we would like to be more like that. Mm-hmm. And we are rejecting them as a, as a projection of the part mm. of ourselves that we reject. Totally. Isn't it? It's world. always like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so that, and so that's that story. And that, that pattern is more likely to be the kind of pattern that's going to show up and apologize. I'm so sorry to take up your time, but can you tell me what time it is? Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to take up your time, but do you know where the bathroom is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so sorry to take up your time, but have you guys ever thought about this really interesting thing? It's almost like, I love the example of the space because it's like taking up space. It's like literally your belief about your own worthiness of being a human being that has an impact on other human beings in the world, right? Whether that be like in your physical space or in the taking up of the mental space in a room. And so Mm -hmm. cultivating that skill for yourself, because that's all it is. It's just a skill Mm -hmm. of of willingness to take up space Mm -hmm. in the world. And as we cultivate that, I think the, the, the intention, the, the intent, the desire to apologize will modulate itself down. Yeah. I'm also thinking about the impact of an apology like that, um, something that you've talked about with me before is like the idea of frame setting, like kind of setting what is the reality and and welcoming people into that reality. And I think that the really real impact of an apology, like, oh, I'm sorry for, you know, being in your way, is that then you're welcoming someone into a reality where you are a hindrance or a burden or something. And if that person likes you and is a friend to you, it's going to pull them into that reality and they're not going to see the world that way. And so now whatever was happening before we stop and we say like, oh, actually you are really valuable. Don't apologize. And so it can create a way for us. And we might be doing this unconsciously, subconsciously of like wanting the external validation that it's okay to be me. And that's kind of fishing for compliments, fishing for compliments. Exactly. And it makes sense. It's a really effective technique to kind of get a sense of external validation or fishing for compliments, but it's kind of like a band-aid because then you always need it because you don't know how to cultivate it on your own. It's yeah, it's challenging because it doesn't actually get you what you want because what you're, what you're doing is you're, you're showing up because, because you said if the person's a friend, but honestly, it's if, if, unless they have a really strong frame, otherwise you're communicating all the time, how other people how you're, you're telling other people how to see you all the time yeah. in every way that you're showing up in exactly. every interaction that you're showing up. Yeah, and if you're showing it. up and you're apologizing and you're saying, I'm sorry to take up your time, then what you're telling them to perceive about you is that you are a burden, that you are a, a, a drain on their experience of the world. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a really strong frame, otherwise 
they're just going to take your word for it. They're going to take mm. your nonverbal word for it. Yeah. Okay. Totally. And then you're going to be creating a world where that actually becomes the reality that other people see about you because they, because listen, most people are so busy being themselves, being absorbed with their own thoughts about themselves that if you show up and you're like nonverbally, you're like, oh, here's how to see me. They're going to be like, cool. That's how I see you. <laughs> they're not going to even question it. It's yeah. not going to show up. Like, if that's really how they are in the world or if they have some deeper value to the world, because they're just going to be busy being themselves and doing their own thing mm -hmm. and they won't notice. And then they'll just take your word for it. And so you'll, you'll assign yourself the status that you promote in the world that you give off in the world mm -hmm. that you communicate to people. Okay. Verbally. Yeah, totally. And verbally. Yeah. That's okay. So a, 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 an antidote to that, by the way, and something that I highly encourage everybody to do is to this in social settings, especially is to go out and to take up space in a social setting. Mm -hmm. So to go stand in the middle of a room and just get comfortable with eyes on you. To walk into a room and stand there for a second and pose while people look at you and let that be something that you just like, like whatever the feelings that come up for you. <laughs> I know the feeling really well. <laughs> I, I've, I've gone through this exact exercise. But like to let that feeling be okay for you to be a little uncomfortable, but to just like behave as though you are the kind of person who belongs at the center of the room. Mm -hmm. Behave as though you are the kind of person who ha is comfortable having eyes on you. Behave as though you are the kind of person who takes up space in the world, mm -hmm. and that you have a right to take up space in the world. And so, uh, so that is like one thing. And then the other is noticing this thing that you're talking about, that noticing when you are like, oh, that person, how do they stand up? <laughs> Right. Like notice your stories because what you're really doing is you're going to be judging yourself. You're going to mm. be cutting yourself off your permission to take up space in the world in whatever mm -hmm. way that is. So if you actually secretly would like to be the kind of person who can take up space in the world, right, which most of us are, most of us want love and attention and connection with other human beings in the world. And that involves being in their space. Mm -hmm. So if that's something that you want, well, practice reducing your judgments of the people who do that. This is the same thing when we were talking about wealth and money mindset. Mm -hmm like all in love with the, the idea of people who are wealthy, who have figured out money, who just like, they get it right. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to bring you more and more into rapport with them. Fall in love with the idea of people who are comfortable taking up space and telling a story that gets everybody enraptured and you know, all that stuff, like get comfortable with coming to cultivate your sense of the like for that kind of a person. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see that you give yourself more and more permission to show up that way. Yeah. I have one more practical thing that people can be practicing relevant to language, noticing that if I'm sorry or a tendency to apologize is part of your common vernacular, figure out what you can replace that with so that every time you say sorry, you can say something else instead. So I find myself doing this in email, in, in emails of like, thank you for your patience instead of like, sorry for my, sorry, I didn't respond sooner to this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so just having some like phrases on hand to tactically employ in the moment where sorry or I apologize comes up to correct yourself and just being prepared ahead of time. Yeah. And that's actually a great segue to the other kind of apology thing mm -hmm. that I wanted to talk about, because like, so we take the example of like an email now, check me on this, but in that example, it sounds like you would have liked to have been the kind of person who responded to that email sooner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Possibly. It, sometimes I think that there's like a social standard for something 
So it could just be like somebody else's value system that I'm accepting on as my own. Okay. We'd cool. have to dig well, deeper to figure that out, but yeah. That, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's an example. So, but this is the, this is like the essence of a true apology. So this is where, where I want to go with this. Like what an apology actually is, is not to repair the relationship with someone else. Okay. And I think that that is, mm, there's, there's a certain kind of, um, manipulation that, that opens the, the relationship up to that I think can be not always, but can be sort of unresourceful ground for the relationship. Okay. Where we can get into this sort of pattern of doing something that the other person doesn't like, and then apologizing for that thing. And then like having that, and then we get forgiven and then we go back to being how we were. And then we do the thing again, whatever. So we wind up in this, this cycle of like sort of transgressions. And, uh, and so like first things first, transgressions are only transgressions because the person has a value that they care about and that they have a boundary either expressed or unexpressed that gets transgressed. Okay. And that is what happens in a relationship is like something's important to someone. And then it's not, the other person doesn't show up in a way that honors that thing that was important to the person. And now we have a break of rapport, a break of relationship. And then that's what, a, what like the essence of an apology is, is like, Oh, you know, I'm so sorry that I transgressed your boundary. Mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. Will you forgive me so that we can go back to being okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's like a, the use of an apology socially. And then what's happening though, is that is not really saying you're sorry so that somebody else will forgive you. That is not actually what an apology is and how a real apology works in the world. And so this is like the framework that I want to have. And by the way, this is the way we free ourselves from guilt and shame is from an understanding of this concept, which is when I'm apologizing to you, when I'm apologizing about something that I did in the world. Okay. There's kind of two, two cases here. One is the first question is to ask is did, was that thing that I did, was that thing actually in alignment for me? So is it the kind of thing that I would generally like to do? Okay. And I, I don't see any problems with doing that. Okay. But you see a problem with me doing that. And so I'm apologizing for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't think that there was anything quote unquote wrong with what I did. And all I mean when I say wrong is that that it wasn't out of alignment for me as a person who I am, that thing that I did. Mm -hmm. So in that case, if I'm going to you and I'm saying, I'm sorry for that thing. Well, you're not really sorry for that thing because that thing was in values alignment for you. Now you might be, you might be sad that it impacted the person that you want to have a relationship with and that it might've gotten in the way of the relationship. Okay. But you're not actually sorry that you did the thing. Okay. Now, cause then here's, here's where guilt and shame come into the, the picture. Okay. So if we experience guilt or shame, that's the first question is, was this in alignment for me? This thing that I did, was this actually the kind of person that I want to be? And if the answer is yes, there's no reason for guilt or shame because that is who you want to be. And if other people don't like it, we would have to be pretending <clears throat> to maintain a relationship with that person in order to maintain a relationship mm-hmm. with that person. And that is 
being out of alignment. That's being out of integrity with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're always going to be pretending. And the down, you can see our episode on people pleasing <laughs> about this, but the, the downside of that is not only, not only do you not get to build a relationship, but even if you do build a relationship and they like you, you never can believe that they actually like you because you know that you're hiding who you really are from them mm -hmm. in order to maintain a relationship with them. And it's just, it's unsatisfactory and it gets us into a situation where we, um, we don't get to have the experiences socially that we want anyway. We really don't feel any more connected to people when we're hiding from them. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So if it was in alignment with you and they don't like it, that's not about you. That's not to you. Okay. That's about them. And mm. It's about alignment. So really go find some people who are more in alignment with you, who don't dislike when you show up the way that you show up and want to show up in the world. Eight billion people yeah. on the planet. Trust Eight me. Billion, you can find it, some people that will love you for you. There's no exactly. reason to fake it. <laughs> exactly. You can find some people who love you for you. Now the flip side, okay, is this is where an apology comes in. So if, if we're, if we did a thing that we're not in alignment with, okay. And when we look back at, it, we say, God, I cannot believe I did that. I, that is not the kind of person that I want to be in the world it does not show up that way. Okay. Now what we're doing and what we're realizing that the essence of a true apology is, is we're apologizing to ourselves. We're saying, look, th that isn't how I want to show up in the world. I, I'm right now actively learning what happened in that situation mm -hmm. such that I don't show up that way again. Cause that's not the kind of person that I want to be. Totally. And when that's the way that we're approaching apology now, all of a sudden that is a genuine, now, of course, now we do are, we are trying to have a repair conversation with somebody else, but we're first and foremost, we're trying to have a repair conversation with ourselves. We're, we're repairing ourselves because we didn't show up the way that we want to. Okay. So if the person who doesn't, didn't like it the way that we showed up, we're like, yeah, I didn't like it either. Actually, I don't want to show up that way. And I'll tell you, it's not for you, but it's for me. My commitment is to not show up that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And now we have the essence of a real apology. Yeah. This is what a true apology is about, is about realigning yourself with mm -hmm. who you really want, realizing something, coming to an aware, a new awareness about yourself that you then show up in a different way mm -hmm. in the world. And that is the essence of an apology. And by the way, if you apologize from that actual place, all your apologies are going to be forgiven because you're, you're the one forgiving yourself, yeah. <laughs> but they're going to feed it back to you. Okay. That's how your relationships work. Unless they don't like you in the first place. And they're just going to use this as an excuse <laughs> to break the relationship. Totally. What I'm really appreciating about this framework, and also I will say that this is a framework that I've learned from you and since taken on as my own. And I, something that I really appreciated about it is that it's really charged up with a sense of uh, it's okay to have a fumble and that they are actually just learning experiences and then we get to go back into the world and re-engage with newly with a new sense of awareness and intentionality and in how we show up in the world. Um, so I, I found it, I find it very empowering. And I also find that there are some kind of requisite beliefs that want to be installed in order to have access to this kind of thinking, mainly being that it's, it's okay to, yeah, that it's okay to like mess up and the world isn't over. And also, you know, just like we were talking about eight, 8 billion people, some people are just like not going to be into you no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try. And it doesn't really make sense for you to change um, because it would take somebody a lot less effort to go be that person's friend. And it would take you- Unless it's in alignment for you to change. That's the, you know, that's the caveat totally. there. Totally. Yeah. Unless it's- To alignment. change from who you, who you want to be in the world. Yeah. That's- Yeah. And I think what this framework is really allowing space for is to really be thinking about 
not what is happening to me, but who I am being in the world and how I am being and how when I show up certain ways, I feel better. And when I show up other ways, I don't get the results that I want. I don't get access to the kinds of friendships, the kinds of relationships, the kinds of opportunities um, that come with kind of becoming or stepping into who you really want to be. Exactly. Yeah, that quality of being, that Mm -hmm. essence of being. Kind of my rule of thumb for this is that all apologies are actually apologies to yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then now we take this back to the first part of the conversation. We say like, oh, you took up space in the world and you wanted to get your phone off of a table in front of somebody else. Is that the kind of person that you want to be in the world? Do you want to be the kind of person who can take up space and get your cell phone off of a table in front of somebody? If yes, if the answer is yes, great. What apology? What do you mean? Why are we apologizing for that? If that person doesn't like that you did that, well, is that the kind of person that you even want to repair a relationship with? Yeah. Why are, why were we even having a conversation about that? If it's not okay for that person that you got your cell phone off of a table because mm-hmm. you took up space in their world, well, we're out of alignment with that person. Okay. Yeah. Now, if the answer was no, I shouldn't be able to just walk into a room and t- pick up my cell phone off of a table. All right, cool. Well, we'll, We'll listen to another podcast episode about why that's the case. But uh, then then maybe we do have an apology to make to ourselves. I, look, I don't want to be the kind of person who, who shows up and does that. So, mm-hmm. you, And you had to witness me being that way. And I'm sorry that you had to witness me being that way because I didn't want to be that way in the first place. And look, I'm doing everything in my power to not do that again. Yeah. Right. And now we have a real a real apology, which is a repair with ourselves. Yeah. I love that. Make sense? Yeah. I have one thing left in my notes that we talked about discussing that we haven't covered yet. And this is kind of around people who are wanting apology from somebody else. So we're going to run the same framework on that, Mm -hmm. uh, which is like, look, (laughs) because see, wanting an apology from someone else, that is a, that is a power move. Okay. You're wanting some kind of control over somebody else's world. Okay. So we're going to say, we're going to run the same framework here. We're going to say, that thing that they did, is that in alignment with who they are as a person? Is that the kind of thing that if I weren't in the picture, they would want to be doing regularly and and it, they'd be okay with it? Because if the answer is yes to that and you're wanting them to apologize for it somehow, for what? You, it sounds like you're out of alignment with who they are as a person. Mm. But if they acted in a way that they they didn't show up as the way that you think that they would have, then we can bring that to their attention and we can ask, we can say, Hey, like I saw that you did this thing. Like, was that, is that the way that you want to be in the world? Cause my, my understanding of you, my hypothesis about you as a person in the world is that that's not the case. What do you think about what just happened here? And we can have a repair conversation from that, from that place. Yeah. Okay. But it's, but it's not about getting an apology. Cause that's almost like, we're like some sort of like accountability thing. Like you, you're going to, you we're going to do this thing. And then you didn't do this thing. It's like mm-hmm. the essence of the question is really one of values alignment. D- is this the kind of thing that that person wants to do in general, the kind of person that that person wants to be? Yeah. I'm refl- if yes, it's up to us to, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to be okay with it. Yeah. I'm reflecting on a recent experience of my own. And I think what's really valuable about what you just said is asking the person if that was in alignment with them, if that's how they were wanting to be. Cause I think one of the things that went wrong in this conversation is I just assumed that they didn't want to be like that. And then the conversation went on without ever 
them receiving an invitation to step into like who they want to be. And so the defenses went up because he didn't mm. see himself that way. And then, yeah, it would have been nice. I wish I could go back <laughs> and make an invitation to. And yeah. you can go forward. And, and I can go invitations. forward. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Uh, a learn. See, so that was just a moment for a, an apology for yourself, right? The actual real kind of apology for yourself. <laughs> so you learn something new about the way that you would actually want to show yeah. up. You yeah. learn something new about your options. Right. Yeah. Totally. And so that now I'm not saying that there is a conversation to be had with that person because that's up to you, mm-hmm. but you have now had a repair with yourself in your new awareness of this thing. Okay. Yeah. So if you were to go back to that person, you were to say, Hey, listen, I now know something about myself that I didn't know when I had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the way that I showed up knowing what I know now about myself. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to share with you that I came to that awareness and that that's a new part of my reality. You were there for that. And for that, I apologize that you saw me the way that I was because I wasn't the way that I now know I would have liked to have been. Yeah. Totally. Right. And now, and now we have like, imagine, imagine somebody comes to you and they say that like, right. Imagine the grounds for harmony that is being, mm-hmm. you know, invited, welcomed into the world. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So where does cool. forgiveness? Any other final thoughts? Yeah, where does forgiveness sit in with all of this? Oh well, forgiveness is for you, not for them. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you're if you're withholding forgiveness, you're the, what's the the Buddhist saying? Uh, it's like um, resentment is like swallowing poison and waiting for your enemy to die. <laughs> yeah, like we don't forgive. We don't forgive for the other person. We forgive for ourselves. Yeah. If you're holding something against somebody, it's just costing you. It's you're, you're hurting yourself with that. So you're not forgiving people for who they are in the world, how they show up in the world. You're forgiving them for you so that you can be at peace in your world. I think one of the things that kind of confounds forgiveness sometimes, at least for me in the past has been this association that if I forgive somebody that I then have to let them back into my life. And I, I like to just remind myself that, that those two are separate things. I can forgive somebody and also choose not to allow space for them in my life if they're not in alignment for me. Totally. And, and again, that comes back to that, that initial question, right? Like, is this the kind of person that I want to be surrounding myself with in my reality? And a way, uh, like a, a touchstone for that question is, is this the kind of person that I want to be more like? Mm. Do I want to be more like this person? Because you are going to be the average of the five closest people that you have in your reality. So that is like a really solid rule, like kind of heuristic for how do we determine who we want to hang out with is like, do you want to be like that person? Do you want, do you want to take that person into your average? Yeah. I love that question. That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, I hope this is helpful. If you're the kind of person who apologizes a lot, or if you're the kind of person who wants, uh, wants apologies a lot, uh, I hope that this has helped you to kind of like think through what the essence of this is and free yourself up from um, kind of this, this almost like tit for tat way of looking at apologies and free yourself up to really like understanding the values alignment piece Mm -hmm. of um, what apology and forgiveness, what roles they serve. Yeah. I think that this is a really tremendously helpful conversation in terms of taking an aspect of reality and stepping into who are you as you're doing these things and as you're having these expectations and really developing yourself to be more and more in alignment with your values just through this lens. I think it's been really helpful. Yeah. Becoming the kind of person that you want to be in the world. 
heck yeah, that's 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 <laughs> authenticity, right? That's freedom. That's it's what freedom. We're here for. Exactly. Right on. Um, so if you have any questions about this, I, I, this is this can be, a, I think, a complicated topic. I. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out to us. Uh, you can find us in the show notes. It's lucid underscore shift underscore coaching. The DMs in Instagram. Um, otherwise, I hope you have a wonderful time in your reality and live your freedom, love your life. Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.